and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Um, I am preaching from a passage I really, really love this morning, um, and it actually involves um, angelic activity. Um, I, I just think angels are fascinating creatures. I don't know about you. Now, I'm not weird about this, okay? And I'm not going to do angelology this morning. That is not the task at hand. Um, But they do um, fascinate me because they are a way that God does interact with human beings and minister to them. They seem to show up at times when there's a big assignment on, right? Um, And um, they seem to show up when there's big stuff going down on earth. And I love it because it's God's intimate and loving care for His people and His deep commitment to His salvation plan. They're all about that. There's this beautiful little scripture and my imagination runs wild with it, if you can just loan me a minute. 1 Peter 1.12 says of salvation. So it goes on about this glorious salvation that we have. And it says, even angels long to look into this. And my imagination goes, I can just see them peering over the balcony of heaven. uh, And I hope my theology is okay in that moment going, I wonder how close that little one is to making a decision. I wonder what Father God is going to do in this situation. I wonder this Christmas, uh, how many families are going to come to know the love of Jesus Christ. They long, they're kind of curious. They're a little bit nosy uh, because they don't inherit salvation. It's different for them. But we do as people. And so it does fascinate me. And salvation is God's greatest and absolute purpose on the earth. you got to know it. And did you know that you and I actually have an assignment? Now, your assignment is not to save the world. That is way too overwhelming. But God has given every single person in this room, every single person that knows the love of Jesus Christ, an assignment. Do you know where you are planted right now? No matter what's happening in your world, your neighbourhood, your role, your marriage, your friendship circle. you That is the divine planting of God. You are right in your assignment right now. And God has got very, very particular things for you to do in your assignment. I wanna encourage you this morning. Um, and so this morning, I actually do want to look at two stories and they're back to back and they involve an, an encounter with an angel, an encounter with the presence of God and an angel showing up on the scene. And they happen six months apart, exactly. Um, but they happen in Scripture back to back because the author of Luke is trying to point something out to us. Um, he's trying to say there is so much similar about these stories but there is a particular point of contrast that God doesn't want us to miss here. And it it helps us locate where we are. They're so similar, but there's a contrasting point. And their stories, I love them because they're full of human longing. Humans 2,000 years ago aren't much different to humans today. Our needs, our desires, God's purposes toward us and the way God uses us in all our humanity. Anyone feel really really human at this time of the year, like a little bit tired, a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit frustrated. Well, you would be in really good company with people 2,000 years ago. And yet God in these stories works this powerful, powerful plan. 
Let me start with, um, and because these people are carrying assignments, just like we do in God's much, much greater plan. We can feel overwhelmed, like, God, am I fulfilling your purposes? Don't give yourself too much credit there. He just has one assignment for you, a couple of assignments for you, and He'll make it really specific and He'll take care of it. And as we'll see, even when we get it wrong, (laughs) He works His plans and purposes. I just feel like some people need to be encouraged this morning. You feel really disappointed about, I just, I didn't mean to say this, actually feeling God, there's some that are worried about family. You're worried, God, like what's happening with my family? What is going on with their salvation? Will they ever come to know Jesus? And I just really believe God wants to encourage you this morning. He is working. He's working the night shift for you. As you pray and believe and trust, God is working the night shift. And some people have come in this morning and I didn't plan to say this either. And you come in heavy laden. It's like there's big yokes on your shoulders and the thought of Christmas is overwhelming. And God wants to encourage you this morning. He's in the business of lifting yokes. He's in the business of lifting burdens. He actually wants to encourage you this morning. He wants to lighten your load this morning. He actually wants to say, I've got it. I'm doing the heavy lifting. I've got your 2023 plan. Some are looking down the barrel and going, 2023, I just want to get through 22. But God is going to divinely enable you to get through all that you need to get through, not just get through it, but He's going to navigate you very purposely through it. And 2023 is going to be a great year for you. Very strategic year in the purposes of God. But let's turn our attention to angelic visitations. (laughs) The first visitation happens to a priest and he and his wife, are. the Bible is very, very clear about this. They are righteous people. They're good people. They took care to pay attention to what God wanted for their lives. They were diligent. They were worshippers but they didn't have a child. And it was potentially a great source of pain, as we'll see, and, and, and a deep source of disappointment, maybe, and a sense of shame we find out later in the story. And maybe you relate to that. Maybe there's parts of your life like, God, I just feel disappointed in that area. I feel like my heart is heavy laden in that area. Well, you're in good company with these people. Um, and he was doing his job. They, had, they were of age. The Bible makes it clear they were mature, Um, It's probably hinting in the fact that past the possibility of children now, and he was doing his duty. They probably lived on the outskirts of Jerusalem. And once a year, he took a turn as a priest to go into the Holy of Holies, to seek God, to do um, the ministry of a priest in that day at a place where you would expect an encounter, actually, which makes what happens very interesting. Um, So let's have a look. It says in Luke chapter 1, verses 11 to 18. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, this is Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear, which is a common um, kind of response to angels. They aren't, they aren't no little fluffy cupids, right? <laughs> they are on assignment. They, a lot of them are very warlike, very protective, fulfilling God's purposes on the earth and beyond. Um, and, but the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. He's been praying. Have you been praying about something for a long time? Is there things that you have uh, been believing for for a long time? Well, this speaks to the heart of this. Um, Don't be afraid. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. 
and many will rejoice because of His birth, for He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and He will not. And will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before He is born. So He took a Nazarite, it will take a Nazarite vow, it's essentially saying. Um, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. What a promise. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children. And the, oh, I'd like that, hey. Um, and, the, and, the, and the opposite as well. Another part of Scripture says the children to the, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared by the Lord. And we know it's John the Baptist. Then Zechariah asked the angel and listened to the question, how can I be sure of this? <laughs> Wet blanket. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're seeing an angel, mate. <laughs> how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Don't you know? Did you get the calendar wrong, Gabriel? Did you look at the wrong fact find a fact checker in heaven? Did you actually do your research? Did you get your assignment wrong, Gabriel? You should have maybe come, maybe let's just say 15 years earlier, 20 years earlier. Are you a bit late, mate? And here is where I want to stop because the response is really intriguing. Because <laughs> if you read it in several different versions, and I don't know Greek and Hebrew, um, but the sense of what he's saying is, how do I know I can trust you, God? How can I know this is actually true? You know, he was in a place that you'd expect that he'd be believing. He was a priest. He was in the Holy of Holies. He was having church. And yet he didn't expect an encounter. He didn't expect God to show up. Now, before you judge him uh, for, for, for basically not expecting anything from God and doubting the veracity of the encounter, before you do that, um, we are not immune from this. He'd been believing for a long time. He'd been disappointed potentially for a long time. He'd maybe put up with the shame for a long time. We don't know how he managed uh, to navigate what was going on in his life, but we do know it was a long time coming, a long time believing, and they had been praying for a long time. We can be a bit like that in God's presence, doing our assignment, serving in the church, befriending people, living a godly Christian life, but growing weary of believing the Word of God. Growing weary of trusting the nature and the character of a good God that is attending to our prayers. Growing weary. And sometimes we even stop praying those prayers for that loved one that's been away from God. And we fall into a general sense of like, apathetic acceptance that maybe this is the will of God. We, we fall into that sense of, God, my heart just feels so tired and weary. Maybe you aren't hearing. Can I really trust you? Can I really believe this Christmas as I invite people to Christmas carols that it just will be, that it, that it actually work and that people would respond? Can I really trust God? 
that you're working on the heart of my father, my family, that, that you're attending to that thing that I'm bringing before you. Even to the point where when an angel appears, <laughs> and he was scared, it's proof, it was real, it, was not, it wasn't an apparition, it wasn't an imagination, it was real because he was scared. And the angel outlines it in detail, the purpose of this child and any God-fearing Hebrew person that knows their word, which you'd assume that a priest would, would know the echoes in the language and know the mandate of the forerunner of the Messiah. They would understand the prophetic language used here. But even when an angel comes, he's so weary of waiting, so reduced in belief, that he relies instead of trust in a relationship with a loving God, he relies on logic, evidence, proof, rather than loving trust in a God that is for him and not against him. He goes on to ask for a sign. He's looking for validity of what's promised. God, give me a sign. And I'm thinking, the angel Gabriel is standing in front of you. There is a sign there. (laughs) Now, what I'm about to read in the Word of God, um, you would be right if you saw humour in it, by the way. There is humour to be found in the Bible. (laughs) There is a lot of humour to be found at the right places in the Bible. So be open to it. Well, he was looking for a sign and he got one. Uh, And it's okay to see humour in the Word of God. He got his sign. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. And I kind of imagine Gabriel with his hand on his hip going, I'm the sign, mate. Like, look, hello. Um, I stand in the presence of God. Like, hello, the sign and the wonder are in front of you. And I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Like, I'm doing my job, mate. I am doing my job. I'm delivering the message to you. I am the sign and the wonder. And now you will be silent. <laughs> Shh, no more. <laughs> um, not able to speak until the day this happens. It is going to happen and you're going to be silent until it happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. <laughs> it's like he's saying to John, uh, rather, Zachariah, you're going to watch this. You're going to watch this miracle unfold. And I believe there's great, incredible compassion in the heart of God for the plight of this man and his wife. And God has deep empathy and compassion. But sometimes He needs to say, let's do a bit of show and tell here. How about you just shh and watch me do it? How about you just pray and believe and watch me do it? And in fact, in this case, let me sharpen your senses of observation. Let me give you some listening time. Let me give you some observation time. No more talking. Two ears, one mouth. Let me shut the one mouth. And you just listen to what I'm about to do. Watch what I'm about to do. Uh, And and I'm going to recalibrate you on the inside as you watch this miracle unfold because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. There is an appointed time. There is an appointed time in God. He is not ignoring you. He loves you. Your prayers before Him are like incense before His throne and He is acting. And it's not ours to control the outcome. It's not ours to determine the way that God will answer the prayer. It's ours to pray believing prayers. It's ours to pray prayers of faith. It's ours to act and trust and invite and witness 
and trust that the Holy Spirit is at work in somebody's life. Well, it does uh, happen. John the Baptist is born. It's an amazing miracle. And when the baby is born, um, the, one of the first thing that happens is that Zachariah on his iPad writes, the baby's name is John, right? And at an instant when he comes into agreement with the purposes of God about John, because everything was encapsulated in that name, this was a prophetic name for this child. And when he comes into agreement, instantly speech is returned. You can now speak because you will speak life over the promise. You're in agreement with me. Some of us have come out of agreement with the Holy Spirit. We've come out of agreement with Him. And it's like we're speaking death over the seed. We're speaking death over our future. Will this ever be? Is there any life in this for me? Will God ever move in this? I'm like, no, we need to stop. Come into agreement with Him and speak life over the promises that God has given us. Um, And as we come into agreement with Him, there is power. And at the appointed time, He will deliver on His promises. Well, I want to move on to visitation two. And this, in contrast, doesn't come to a priest who's of age and a righteous man married and not with kids. It comes to the opposite of a very young woman who is betrothed to be married. She's a virgin. She's done all the right things. She loves the Lord her God. She's a faithful woman in community, but she is very, very young, not even married. Um, And if... Zachariah about the birth of John the Baptist is the pre-show. Mary is the main event. Mary and Jesus are the main event. So let me read about the second angelic visitation. It's the same angel. Gabriel was busy that year. Luke 26, uh, Luke 1, sorry, 26 to 38 says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, so it's six months apart, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, another assignment, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are a highly favoured. <laughs> um, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, right? Fear, what? (laughs) And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Like, what is he about to say to me? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Seems like a pattern, right, with these visitations. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And she says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? Can I just say right now, lest you think that God sins Zachariah for asking questions, God is not afraid of your questions. God invites your questions. God loves your curiosity. God loves your humility before Him that says, God, in a spirit of humble inquiry, in a sense of curiosity, I I wanna participate in your plan. How will it be? She's essentially saying, I believe it will be. I 100% come into agreement with what you're saying, Angel Gabriel. This is straight from the throne room of heaven. It's, it's intense, right? Um, but I believe every word of it. I believe every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. But 
Father, I just ask You, how will it be? What's my part in it? How should I position myself for the promise that You've given me? God, You've said to me You wanna move in my family. How do I position myself? And He might say, mums and dads, go into your child's room when they're sleeping and lay hands on them. He may say about the school mums and dads, go and invite them to Christmas carols. Go and share the good news of Jesus. Or maybe He's saying that person needs friendship. Build a bridge. You need to build a bridge. Maybe you need to wage war with the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. How do I position myself? God, I believe what You're saying is true, Lord but how do I position myself? How will it be? God's not afraid of your questions. Some of you need to get real robust with God. Some of you actually need to go, this relationship has got strength in it. I need to ask God some big questions. God, 2023, what would you have me serve in? How would you have me position my life, Lord, to best serve you? God, talk to me about 2023. Um, Louise, I really feel like 2023 is a really pivotal year for you, um, that God is laying the platform now. God is elevating and He's laying a platform now. And there is a centrality to 2023. And it's almost like God's bringing into alignment the last few pieces for you. Um, and so I just prophesy an amazing 2023, a blessed 2023, a glorious 2023. And I see reward for faith and effort. And so the angel responds, well, Mary, funny you should ask that. (laughs) Verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, can anyone imagine what that actually looks like? Like, is it like a whirlwind? I don't know. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has, was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word of God will ever fail. Come on! No word of God will ever fail over your life. I don't care how long you've been waiting. I don't care whether it was spoken over you as a child. I don't care if you're believing for a child who's in their 40s and God had a prophecy spoken over them in Sunday school. No word of God will ever fail. Same encounter, different response. She's, I believe you completely, God. You know, belief in this story, not title, is applauded. He's a priest. He's ministering. He is faithful and God honours him for that. But what is applauded in this story is not gender, age, experience, title, God will use whomever He chooses. And the only prerequisite is believe me. And even in our failure, He will use us. You know, there's contrasting story, these contrasting stories for us are not just an invitation to dream again. And it's been something, a real word to this church, but it's an invitation to believe again, to believe again to activate your heart in believing God for what He's put in your heart, to not just dream about possibilities and that is powerful, but to believe what He's given you again, to pull out the journals where you wrote the promises of God, to saturate yourself in the Scriptures that became signature Scriptures for you, to believe the Lord again. God is asking for our trust I really feel that this Christmas. He's saying, I don't want your strategies. I want your trust. God's not asking 
uh, for our strategies. He's asking for our trust. And this is a time to trust Him like never before. To not look at the economic forecasts. To not look at what has been prophesied about new pandemics. To not listen to the doomsday words. To not come into alignment with soothsayers and, and so forth. But to actually trust the character and the nature of God like never before to trust His timing, to trust the way He wants to work through you. You know, you may be very, very used to, like this is the way God shows up and there's a certain grace in that. There's a certain flow that the Holy Spirit gives us individually. But what if God wants to break out of the box in your life in 2023? What if God wants to break you out of the box? What if God's saying, I'm calling you to intercession? What if God's saying, I actually want you to have no more fear of man, no more fear of people. I want you to step out, share the Gospel in your workplace. What if? He wants you to be trusting and anchored in His Word, not what makes sense, not what appears to be, but what comes from the very mouth of God. Don't let logic get in the way of trust and surrender. Don't let your beautiful big brain be a blockage to you to what God may wanna do. On the issue of timing, and I really feel like there's something on this in God today, on the question of timing, This is a fascinating story, a fascinating teaching on the question of God's timing. Because first you have a guy that is way too old to be having kids. (laughs) You know, maybe things for him are ramping down in life. You know, he's doing his priestly duty and maybe he's booking into the Jerusalem resort for, for his like tree change. Maybe he's like thinking like end of life sort of stuff. Who knows? And then yet God says, no, no, now is the appointed time for you. And he's like, what? What? Like, <laughs> Versus Mary, who was too young, too inexperienced, not even married and saying she's going to have a child. Um, probably very insignificant in her society as far as it goes in that culture. A female, very, very young, no real worldly experience and just this Um, you know, little impediment of being unable to conceive because she's not married. And yet God says it is time because these destinies of these two children are inseparably linked. They are inseparably interlocked. And there is a timing in God that these two babies have to be born within six months of each other because one is a forerunner to the other. There is an inseparable link between the two. What if they just gave up on trusting God, saying, well, if God was gonna show up, He would have showed up, you know, 10 years ago. What if, but what if God's timeline's different to yours? What if the fulfilment of His promise to you is interconnected with a much, much bigger purpose? What if there is something inseparable that God is connecting your promise to, a person, a ministry, a workplace, a destiny opportunity. You don't know the mind of God. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are greater than ours, it says. You know, I really feel like some people have been coming, and I don't like to use this word too freely, but I feel strongly in God. Some have been coming under a demonic timeline. It has to be done by the age of 25. I've got to be married by the age of 30 or I'm going to be an aged spinster. I've got to have a child by this age and I should have my career progression at this age and I should have bought a house by this age and I should be doing this by now. And God is saying, would you smash the demonic timeline? 
Would you trust me? Don't, I, don't make an idol of your timeline. Don't make an idol when it comes to that person's salvation. Who are you? You're not the Saviour. I often say to one of my friends, you know, oh, I'm so mad at myself and, you know, I did this. And they're like, you're not Jesus. It, it, it's, it's surprising to me how much you think you're like Jesus, they say to me, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> you've got a lot of faith in yourself. <laughs> you know, don't get trapped in the idolatry of a demonic timeline. Smash it. Just surrender to Him. Believe again. Trust that He's working. When you don't see His footprints, He is still opening the Red Sea for you. When you don't see that bowl of incense of your prayers, you gotta know it's before the throne of God and it's active and living. I know that there is prayers that my mother prayed that are active and living before the throne of God still that I'm seeing answers to today. This story as well as timing prioritises belief. It is belief that is elevated in this story. Our work is to believe. The finished work of the cross is His work. We believe and trust in what He's doing. And the contrast is not about age, gender, privilege, anything like that. It's about who will believe the Word of the Lord. Who in this generation will believe in the Word of the Lord. You know, the eyes of the Lord run to and throw over the earth, um, seeking to see who He can show Himself strong on their behalf of. You're gonna be shocked in years to come at who God uses. You're gonna be shocked at the encounters that happen in workplaces. You watch 2023, you're gonna be shocked at who gets saved in our church. You're gonna be shocked at who you personally lead to the Lord. Not on an altar call and there's gonna be a lot of that too. But I believe that you're gonna be shocked at the tenderness of people's hearts, the work of the Holy Spirit. He's just looking for you to believe. He's looking for you to lay hands on the sick and trust they'll recover. He's looking for you to believe that He will move. Luke 1.20 says, And now you'll be silent, not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed, appointed time, he says of Zechariah, but of Mary. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil His promises to her. She believed. She was a believer. Any believers in the room today? Any believers in the house today? Any people that are just got the nerve enough to believe the Lord Jesus Christ and take Him at His Word? Is there any grandparents here that would believe that if you pray for the protection of your grandchildren, there is a God in heaven that is going to act? There is no, I, I don't mess with praying grandmas. <laughs> we've got a few and we've got one in our family. She's amazing. And I trust in the prayers of um, John and Glennis praying for our boys. It's powerful. Is there any youth that are saying, I'm not too young. Nobody will look down on me because of my youth, but I'm going to be an example to the believers because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll move through me powerfully. Also too, I wanna say, if you've only known Jesus for a very short time, that is also a youthful thing. And I wanna say to you, whether you've known Him for 10 minutes or 25 years, you can move in miracles, signs and wonders. You can lead another person to the Lord. Do not let people tell you it can't be done. Believe God, let every man be a liar. 
God, God, God is the one that we place our trust and our belief in. Will you believe again that the prayers for your loved ones God is acting on, will you invite again? Some of us are just grown weary, it's too tiring. I'm just gonna go have a great time at church and it's gonna be awesome for my family. Can I just, that is a good thing that you're in church. Don't give up the habit of meeting together, but more regular as the day approaches, more regular, not one out of four. Every week, God, it's my priority. It's my worship to You. But bring a friend, invite them to carols, invite them to the gift giving service and let them see the goodness of God on display toward the poor. Let them see it. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in You, always. Vicky prophesied this year, get your hopes up again. Vicky Simpson, a prophet that comes to minister in our church. And I believe God is saying, get your hope up again for souls this Christmas season. You know, this story culminates in two songs. Mary sings a song and I don't know who sang it better. We've got an idol performer coming to our carols, Taylor Smith, I hope I've got the name right. Yeah, yeah, Karen's giving me the nod. Um, You know, Mary sang out about the goodness of God, about salvation. It was a salvation song. But also Zachariah, in all his humanity, I take great encouragement from it. God loved him and he still performed the miracle and he still let him share in it and be the dad and prophesy over his son. Don't worry if you stuffed it up. Get back up, dust yourself off. There is new mercy every morning for you. Don't be discouraged. The enemy wants to keep half the army of God down with discouragement, right? Stuff that. Sorry, I'm bleep that off the, I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm not falling. We are not capitulating. We are not those that shrink back. We are ones that push forward and we are saved and we are taking people with us. We are plundering hell. We need to believe again for souls. Zacharias sings out when his speech is restored, he comes into alignment with the purposes of God, comes into agreement with what God's doing and faith arises and he sings out, what a glorious salvation, God, you've brought to our house. Thank God for salvation. Some of us need to re-engage our belief again in souls that God will save the members of our family. I believe this Christmas, God is gonna do a work in this area. I believe strongly that many are gonna come to know Christ. I believe that this year coming, 2023, many, many right now are in the valley of decision. You don't even realise it. They're in your schools, they're in your offices. They're in the valley of decision and you don't have eyes for it. We're we're busy going about our tasks and being honourable to our, our bosses, but we're missing the forest for the trees, they're there in the valley of decision just waiting for you to pray, to believe again, to invite again, to say, hey, what are you doing for Christmas? And they're actually nothing. I'm really lonely. I'm, I'm in Sydney all alone. Why don't you come to our Christmas carols? Why don't you come on the 18th and we can, we can grab some noodles at Kuriniko afterwards. Why don't you come over in the afternoon, kids can have a swim and we can all go to carols together on the 18th. Hey, I've just got a bunch of invitations. A couple of the, the classmates are getting together. We'll do a play date, early dinner and then we're gonna go to carols together. How about you come? Would you believe again, church? Would you believe again? Would you believe again? Can I ask every person to bow their head, close their eyes in this moment? 
You know, if you don't know Jesus, the first step is believing. Belief is everything in the Gospel. You know, he, the, the message, if I was to sum it up, is we are away from God. Jesus did the work to bring us back to God. And the only work we now need to do is to believe and trust in that work of Jesus Christ. That is the simple Gospel. Jesus has done the work for you. There's an old song that says, there's a bridge that crossed the great divide. He made a way for me to get to the other side. You know, God has made a way for you and maybe you feel very, very far, isolated in your heart. You can't explain why. Maybe this is a very new message to you. But today He says, will you believe in me? Will you say yes to me? I'm here for you. We've been talking about angelic encounters today and this might seem very strange to you, but something in your heart goes, this is very, very real. This may be the realest thing I've heard all year. It's very real. It's changed the lives of many in this room. In a moment, we're gonna pray a prayer saying, yes, I believe. Yes, I trust in You, Jesus. I don't understand it all with my head, but I'm taking the step today to trust and believe that You gave Your life for me. I wanna come to You today. If you're praying this for the very first time or the first time in a long time, just pray it from your heart. The Bible says, if we pray from our heart, if we, if we declare with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. As we say this and as you believe it in your heart, He will hear and today you will become His son or daughter. Church, let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe in You. I don't understand, but I trust. I give You my life. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me new. Thank You that today I'm a new creation. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if today you said yes to Jesus for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, I'm gonna to count to three and I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna bring you out the front, but I am gonna ask that you give me a little wave just long enough for me to see. Me and a trusted leader will notice that hand. I just wanna pray a general prayer of blessing over those that have said yes to Jesus today. So on the count of three, I'm gonna you, get you to give me a wave if you said yes to Jesus today. One, two, three. You said yes to Him today. Would you give me a wave today? You said yes to Him for the first time. Jesus, I wanna believe in You. Jesus, I wanna come back to You. Is there anyone today and you're like, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. Give me a wave. Just give me, I'm just gonna take a moment longer. Just give me a quick wave. You said yes to Him today. Thank You, God. Thank You, God. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.